Nothing else will do, Jesus. Lord, we praise you and we honor you and we give you glory and say that nothing else will do. Come on, we sing those lyrics, we sing those words, nothing else will do, but the reality is we think a lot of people owe us a lot of things. Sometimes we think that Jesus owes us or we think that our past owes us or our pain owes us or our family owes us or that boss owes us or that friend owes us or they owe me. Jesus, even Jesus, we think he owes us. And we sang it like, you don't owe me anything, Jesus. Here's the reason why, that no one owes us and that Jesus doesn't owe us because Jesus gave everything. Come on, Jesus doesn't owe us anything because he gave us everything. And no one else owes us anything because God gave us everything in Jesus. But a lot of times we think that Something else will do. Something else will heal. Something else will control. Something else can fill our heart. Something else can, can give us hope. Something else can fix our pain. Something else can, some, something else will do. And it's easy to sing, but, but to live life and know that nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will make you whole. And the reason is, is because he gave it all. So we're just here today, Father, to say, we declare that nothing else will do. Not just in song, but Lord, we know areas of our heart that need healed. Areas of our life that need hope. Areas of our thinking that need changed. Lord, nothing else will do, Jesus. We say that you've given us everything and you owe us nothing and no one owes us anything and we're not going to look for anything else but you. Come on, in Jesus' name, everyone, give God another moment of praise if you believe that he is the one that will do in every area of your life. Come on. Good morning, Transformation. Good afternoon, Transformation Church. Y'all, you guys are alive today, 12 o'clock. Y'all doing good? Yeah. Welcome to Transformation, man. I, I think that uh, we're going to be in store for a great day today. Yeah, some of y'all know not to grab your seat yet. I'll be shouting at you. Look at somebody. Those of you who sat down, those of you that haven't, look at somebody next to you and say, nothing else will do but him, and take your seat. Come on. Look at somebody else and say, he's got everything you need. It's easy to sing, right? Come on. It's easy to say, nothing else will do, and it's beautiful, and we're singing it, and but then if you really think into your heart and into your mind about what we sometimes think we'll do, sometimes what we think we'll fix or we'll heal or we'll satisfy, and we, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, there's a lot of things that's easily, uh, easily turned to or easily substituted um, for really turning to the power of God and the, uh, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what this series is about. We're in a series. My name's Jamie, if you're, if you're new to our community. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we, every week, open up the Bible, look at some uh, verses and some text, and um, we gather around a person named Jesus. Not just, not just principles, not just the text of the Bible, but we believe that, that the Holy Spirit is here with us. He's making uh, Jesus real and alive through the scriptures to us, and so we gather around Jesus, the person, and I really believe that if we behold him, we can become like him, and, and, and our lives can be changed. And so um, before we jump into this second part of this series, side effects... Um, we're going to talk about real quick, a couple things happening. We've got a huge block party coming up next Sunday after church. So man, invite everybody, you know, it's going to be a fun time. If you want to volunteer and help out, you can. And then this week we're fasting all week, prayer and fasting starting today. Um, uh, for me, that's this evening. Come on, you know, uh, like in the Bible calendars, if any part of the day equals the whole day, praise God for that when it comes to fasting. So like you can fast tonight and, uh, that equals all day today. So we're going to, we're going to, I don't know what you might want to fast. People can fast different things, but, um, I, uh, I, you know, people fast the coffee, people fast, you know, entertainment, social media, whatever it is for you. Um, you can be, you know, fruits and vegetables. Here's the point of fasting, it, it, you know, um, not, not fast fruits and vegetables. 
eat fruits and vegetables only. Um, the, the point of fasting is not to make God move or get God to move. God's always moving. The point of us fasting is to, to prepare and make space in our own life for God to move into. And so as we, as we put some things away, turn down the plate, say, you know what, I'm going to turn away from some of my flesh because the only way to kill flesh is crucify it. You know what I mean? You got to kill it. So it's painful when you fast. You're killing some things. You say, I don't want this right now. I want God more. God always moves into spaces that we make available for him. And so that's what that's about. And we're going to pray all week. Tomorrow morning, we're going to start at 6.30 a.m. for an hour every day, Monday through Friday this week. This, this room's open. You can come in. We'll have some coffee here for you. And uh, worship will be playing. And we can walk around and just pray. And then there'll be a little small, like five minute devotional. And then you can go about your day. You can leave early if you have to, but we'd encourage you come out. We need each other. We need to pray together. We need to hear God. Listen, I want to see all of our services full. I want to see our second campus. I want to see a spiritual intensity and a spiritual edge to our church. And I think looking at the Holy Spirit and praying and fasting and learning and growing in, in, the, in God is going to continue to bring that into what we're called to do. And so we'd love you to jump into that. And then we do at the end of this month, have a water baptism. Um, if any of you are interested or never taken that next step of obedience and faith with Jesus and water baptism. It's a powerful uh, step of faith. And so we'd encourage you you can find out a connection about that and get ready for that. So side effects. Last week, we looked at um, some side effects of relating to the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think it's important to know uh, that the Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. Uh, evangelicals were, were uh, pulled and out of that poll, evangelical Christians believe God, love God, going to heaven. Uh, they, 53% of evangelical Christians thought the Holy Spirit was a concept or a, or a fig, uh, um, figurative. Come on, 53%. Thought that's just, it's not, that he, no, he's not figurative. He's not a concept. He is God. He's the only God on earth that we have. He's all God. And he's your best friend. He's my best friend. Jesus is in heaven. God is in heaven, the Father. When I talk to God on earth, when I'm, when I'm walking and walking and living with God, I talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, show me, direct me. I don't necessarily talk to Jesus that way. I can't talk to Jesus. But the Bible says when you pray to the Father, pray in Jesus' name. So when I pray to the Father, I'm praying in Jesus' name because Jesus is the only part of God that has blood in it. Come on, somebody. He was all human, and he, and, he had, and he had blood in him, and he still has blood. And he's, he's, he's all human, all God. He's resurrected in the same type of resurrection body we'll get, but he's in heaven. And so when I pray to the Father, I pray in Jesus' name because blood speaks. Remember, it says the blood of Abel cries out to God. So when I pray and, and I claim the blood in that prayer, that blood has communication with God. Blood speaks mercy. Blood speaks faith. Blood speaks grace. Blood speaks atonement. Blood speaks covering, all that. So when I go to God, I have to go in the name of Jesus. So I do that, and, uh, and then when I talk uh, to God in my prayer and, and walking on this planet, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. He's in me. He's on me. He's my best friend. And so he directs and guides. And so there's these side effects of knowing uh, God and the Holy Spirit. Last week, we looked at several out of 1 Corinthians uh, 2, where Paul says, when I came amongst you, I came and I de decided not to know anything amongst you except Christ and Christ crucified. Paul had the IQ of Einstein and uh, a brilliant man. He decided, I'm not going to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. He went on to say, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, nor is entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those or what God has stored up for those that love him. But by his spirit, he has revealed them to us. So again, you cannot perceive your way into knowing God. You can't do it with your eyes, ears, what you taste, touch, feel, and smell. That's your perception. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. Perceptual knowledge can't grasp all of God. If it could, it wouldn't be fair because we all have different perceptions. We all have different IQs. And so it's not on intellect. 
Um, and then it says, and neither has entered into the heart of man. So that's conceptual knowledge. You can't even conceive how much God has for you and what God wants to do for you in your life. By concepts, it, you can't grab it. We can, we can, we can um, use our senses. We can use concepts, but you can't get all of it through that. You have to have it revealed by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul teaches us, and I said it last week, revelation comes from the Holy Spirit, where some things are actually uncovered to you. Like, oh, wow, that's what that relationship's going to look like. Oh, wow, that's what that business is going to be. Oh, this is what you want to do. So you begin to get this revelation, but then you also need personalization. You can't just get revelation. You need it to be personal to you. Does that make sense? The Bible doesn't tell you who you're going to marry. And if the prophet comes and tries to do that, you need to run. <laughs> you know, if some guy across the sanctuary comes and says, the Lord told me you're my wife, run from him. You're prophylying, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you, you said, but you need personalization from the Holy Spirit, and then you need information. So once you can get the personalization, now the Holy Spirit can give you the information you need to get to that destination. And that gives, and we talked about a spiritual ability. It comes from God. God is in you. The spiritual ability in you is the Holy Spirit. God connects with you in your spirit, man, and that's where you relate to God in your spirit being. And so uh, God cannot be contained in our finite mind. As believers, we have a huge advantage having the Holy Spirit in our life. Um, you got saved, and you got all of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at several distinctions in the Bible today, but, but you got all the Holy Spirit when you got saved. He's wall-to-wall -wall God on the inside of you. There's other experiences with the Holy Spirit where he comes upon you, and we'll look at that in the Bible. And we've got this blessing of the power of God in our life because we have a relationship with him. Look what Jesus said in John 16, 7 about the Holy Spirit. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. Come on, somebody. We need to stand by every now and then. Will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. He's talking about this close friend that, that Jesus is saying that I'm going to go away and send the Holy Spirit. And he's more than a concept. He's actually a close friend, comfort, guide, teacher, advocate, standby, just in case. <laughs> I like a just in case God. Anybody? Just in case. Many of you are crying out for Jesus to be in your marriage and Jesus to be on the scene of your life. And Jesus, if you were at my job, it'd be different. If Jesus, if you change my spouse, it'd be better. And Jesus, if you would you know, on and on. You're begging for Jesus to show up. Jesus is here. He's in you. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I send in the Holy Spirit. It's better for me to leave and give you the Holy Spirit. Jesus could only be in one place on the planet at one time. So for you to beg for Jesus to be in your situation is pretty selfish because there's 6 billion or 7 billion other people that need the power of Jesus going on in their life right now. And so, so we are thankful and grateful that the Holy Spirit can be everywhere on this planet at one time, ministering the heart of God to God's people and to what he wants to do. Write this down. If his presence is here, his power is here. And, and, and the reality is the Holy Spirit presence is the presence of God we get on earth. And so if his presence is in our life, if his presence is in this environment as we worship and we call on God to worship, it, it, his presence brings his power and things begin to change. Uh, I think, and you, many of you heard me say it, a lot of times when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at him all month and um, hopefully all, all our life, but going to focus on this series. But many of us treat the Bible and we read the Bible and we read the Bible, especially in the parts of the Holy Spirit, like a brochure to Hawaii. It's like, we it's, you know, brochure is cool. It looks good. I love seeing the palm trees. I love seeing the hotels. I know it's going to be expensive. It's amazing, but I don't plan on going there anytime soon. Come on. Anybody, you like the brochure, but like, 
you're thinking maybe 20th anniversary, maybe 30th anniversary. I just don't know if we can pull that off. Like, I don't, I don't, my wife and I were laying in bed last night and just talking. And I said to her, this is a deep revelation, I know, but I said, and there's an ocean somewhere. Please, God, let us go visit it. You know, I mean, I just wanted to get to the ocean. You know, there's an ocean somewhere. And, uh, and so for me, it's like, um, I have these great memories of trips to the ocean, trips to the beach, uh, went to Hawaii. We started talking about a Hawaii trip that we made. We won a trip to Hawaii uh, years ago, and we opened up the doors to our hotel room overlooking the, the ocean, and the breeze blew in. To, to, we just got to sit there with the doors open, we're like fifth floor, seventh floor, I don't know. And I, was, I said, man, that, wasn't that great? Uh, it's one thing to have great memories and, and be marked by those times of God and the power and the Holy Spirit and all those great memories, but, but many of us live in this memory when God's saying, no, I want you to go there now. I want you to be willing to go there and go into the deeper things and the powerful things of God. I don't want to just be a brochure. Come on, anybody want to decide, I'm going to put my feet in the sand? Who wants to put a little feet in the sand, hear the ocean, smell the ocean? I'm not, I'm not just going to be satisfied with a brochure. I think myself, I think most of us want God's power in our life. I think we want God's presence. And many of us have been turned off by weird stuff. And, and listen, it doesn't have to be weird, right? It's like, I, you know, it just doesn't, like... If you, if it's weird and you're weird with the Holy Spirit, you were weird way before you met the Holy Spirit. It's just, I say it all the time, but it's just true. And I, I, listen, we're peculiar. We're different. I mean, coming in here, raising hands and singing to, when I first got saved, I walked into the church, power of the Holy Spirit's moving, everybody's raising their hands and singing to the ceiling. I'm like, who are they talking to? You know, we're different, you know, but, but. But it's the power of God. It's not, it doesn't have to be weird. Does that make sense? And so I think that we need to go there and be willing to go there. Uh, in America, we've been closed off to the power of God because of our culture. We have a very intellectual culture. And so everything in our culture is very intellectual. And somehow the devil has tricked our churches into separating themselves from the power of God, the supernatural of God. The enemies attacked the, the heart of worship and the heart of the spirit because that's God's heart and God's power. And so, we, and so we as a church, specifically, I think there's a hunger uh, to say we want God. We want the, the, the strength of God, the presence of God, the supernatural ability of God. And that comes through Holy Spirit. Here's some um, hurdles that we have to overcome and some barriers. Many of you have traditions. Many of you have uh, upbringing, uh, denominational biases, um, different things that you bring in. We all bring those things to the table when it comes to the Bible. And so um, some major hurdles. Number one, uninterested or apathy. Sometimes we're just apathetic to it. It's like, I, you know, I'm uninterested. Like, do I really need that? Like, I'm fine. Like, I, I go to church, you know, I, I'm good. I got, I got my little house, my little job. I'm fine. I, do I need it? And I, and I would just say to you, like, like, for you to think, like, I'm okay where I am in God, I would say it's, it's not okay. Like, you can't be okay with where you are in God. You can't. Because God is always moving. He's always progressing. That's why the Ark of the Covenant had poles, because it was always moving. That's why the tabernacle in the wilderness was, was mobile because it was always moving. That's why the Holy Spirit was a cloud and a fire and he moved. And when the Holy Spirit moved, the people had to pack up the tabernacle and move. The new tabernacle is you. And the Holy Spirit is in you. So when he's moving in a direction, you should always be moving in a direction and growing and moving into a new thing of God. You could be serving God, loving God, going to church 25 years, never moved and be backslidden because God and the Holy Spirit have moved on and want you to be here, but you're still here. Like, I'm just in the way. You've been in the way for 25 years. You're still in the way. No, I don't know. That's, that might be between you and God. Like, where's God saying that he's wanting to take you? And so I think sometimes we just get, get apathetic. If you and I want to extend the kingdom of God, we need the authority of the king. 
And that's the Holy Spirit's power to giving us authority. And I just want all that God died for me to have. And so 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, look at this. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. What? You just listed that whole list and said they actually have a form of godliness? Did you hear what he connected form of godliness to? Like, they go to church. They read the word. They check the box. They go through the motions. They say they're a Christian. But they haven't allowed the power of God to make any change inside of their evil, wicked hearts. That's what he's saying, that they've done all this, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. The only thing that changes our hearts, the only change that changes my heart and my lust and my envy and my backbiting and my gossip and my, and my, my, criti- my critical, anything that changes me has got to be the power of God, not a form of godliness. And e- it's easy to take this form of godliness and turn it into something when it's nothing that God intended for us to have. We can be intellectual when it comes to the text and ignorant when it comes to God's heart all day long. In my ministry, at times, I've been dead right and dead wrong at the same time because of the spirit of it. The Bible says the letter kills, the law kills, uh, but, the, but the spirit gives life. Come on, how many Christians do you know that can kill somebody with the Bible? Come on, kill them all day. Like, that sword can kill people if it's not done with the spirit and the Holy Spirit, right? And so he's saying we can just, we can just live this way kind of like apathetic. Like, I don't need any more of the spirit. I'm fine with what I got. Man, I, I'm here to challenge you. You ain't. <laughs> I'm not like I need God to keep changing my my flesh and my heart, and my my life. And it only happens by the Holy Spirit, not by me changing myself or searching myself deeper. I can search myself all day long. You know, the C.S. Lewis said the worst study is the study of yourself. Oh, man. man, let's study. Let's look at God. Let's see his spirit and behold him and become like him. Number two, ignorance, just being unaware, like just just I didn't even know uninformed. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, just uninformed like. I don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. All through the scriptures, if you want to know about the things of the Spirit, like read all through the, through the book of Acts. Read it in, in 1 Corinthians 10, that the example that the Old Testament saints went through. I'm going to read some of that today. Uh, look at what, what God did through at Pentecost. It, these, are, these are examples. It's not denominational stuff. It's, it's, we're not going to be ignorant and unaware. I think we can be intellectual and ignorant when it comes to God. I, don't, I, don't, I want all of God. People come in our church all the time and say, what do you believe here? What do you believe at this church? What's your doctrine? What do you believe? I'm like, we believe the Bible. They're like, well, what parts of it? <laughs> I'm like, uh, like all, all of it. Like from Genesis to maps. All the way. <laughs> leather to leather. We, we believe every bit. Like, many of you have cut out like parts of the Bible because it's scary, it's different. Like, well, I don't know about this. You can't, you can't cut. You can go into Corinthians and get doctrine and great stuff all day long. You know, all the brothers and sisters in Corinthians came through the book of Acts, came through Pentecost, came through the power of God. We can argue all day long and churches have about if that's still for today or not. I'm not going to, man, this is the Bible. It's for everybody. We need the power of God, right? We need the Holy Spirit. It happened through the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 12, one says now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Come on. Ignorance is a choice. Some of y'all are going to hear my message today and leave and be like, I don't know. <laughs> you know I mean, it's a choice. Why fake what you can fix? Like, let's go dig in. Let's get hungry. 
Let's come on, God, what are you saying? What is this? Don't just take it from me. Go take the verses. Go get the Holy Spirit study. Go get, we got a book for you probably at the end of service, Holy Spirit book. You can grab that book. I've opened up my schedule, all three services. I'm talking about some deep things of the Spirit today. I've opened up my schedule. Anybody has questions or wants to know more about the Spirit or go deeper, I'll go with you line by line, verse by verse, set it up with our office. We're going to get a bunch of people together and we'll look at it and believe God. I'm not just going to throw stuff out here to you and, and just leave you on your own to figure it out. But these are, these are some powerful truths. Like we can't just be ignorant. The third thing, huge thing, is a barrier to all of us. Fear. Fear. Fear of the unknown. Like my mom, she grew up, she grew up very denominational in a certain setting, and she, taught, like, she told me all the time, if, they talk, if you go to a church and they talk about the Holy Spirit from the pulpit, if they, if they don't say anything about him, it's fine. <laughs> but if they talk about him, it's the devil. You know what I mean? I'm just like, man, I have fear in my heart. Like, I was scared. I, and, I, and I finally, when I in, began to encounter the, the, the Holy Spirit, I was like, man, I served the devil for like 22 years. He never allowed me to pray in tongues and prophesy and, and, and see miracles and have wisdom. And he never allowed me to do any of this stuff. I don't think it's the devil. Man, if it was him, he'd have let me do all that when I was serving him. I was trying hard. Anybody? When I came into the kingdom, I wanted it all. I wanted front to back, cover to cover. I wanted everything God had to offer. I didn't just want to dab around in it. I had all the world, I had all the lust, I had all the perversion, I had all the money, I had all the drugs, I had all the popularity, I had everything. None of that satisfied. So, so when I was left to a place of depression and suicide, I wanted all of God. So when I came into the kingdom of God, I wanted all the miracles, all the tongues, all the prophecy, all the wisdom, all the healing, all the glory. I wanted everything. Beautiful wife. Saved her life for marriage, waited till marriage, praise God. You know, that was a gift God gave me. I mean, I, I, I just, again, I wanted, I wanted, I just wanted the, the fullness of the kingdom in my life. So many of us come into the kingdom and we just, we've had this cultural Christianity where we don't step into all God has for us. I think that fear does it. I mean, he's bigger than you can understand, and God is usually doing more than you can figure out with your own intellect and your own mind. If he could fit into your mind, he wouldn't be God, and he wants to do supernatural things. And until you get comfortable with uncertainty and the supernatural, you'll never be comfortable with God. You won't be. I know that there's some things that you might not be comfortable with, but God's doing things and will do things and allow you to do things, but you've got to give up some control to experience more than God. There's this element that you're going to have to go into the unknown. We do something called freedom um, connect groups. I think they'll be a great place if you're wondering more about the Holy Spirit and God's freedom. And then we do a freedom weekend. You can find out that at our connection or any of our staff can tell you. Um, there's a scripture in, in, in Ezekiel 47. Um, it talks about just progression with the Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit. Uh, check this verse out real quick as I preach with my flamingo. It says this in verse, 30, verse 47, verse 3 through 5. It says, and when the man went out, to the east with the lion in his hand. He measured 1,000 cubics and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim. There's this, this picture of this progression of the Holy Spirit and the relationship you have with him and God. The water is the Holy Spirit. The ankle deep is salvation and then to knee deep and then to waist deep and then to actually wading into the water where you have to swim. This is a progression of your relationship into the deeper things of God. And, and what's happening here is actually going to be fulfilled one day in Jerusalem for real, these rivers that are flowing. But, but right now, prophetically, it's a picture of our walk with God. When I was teaching my kids to swim, man, they had all types of little you know, instruments that they swam with. And they had the, every single little you know, thing and tool that they kind of would rely on and keep them buoyant. They didn't put pink flamingos, and we didn't put pink flamingos on my boys, but my girl had one. 
but they had these and they had, they had life jackets and they would get in the water and they're learning to swim and they're kind of young. I mean, when they were like three and, and four and five, you know, and they put these on, they get the vest on, they'd have their little kickboards and, and they'd have their little floaties and their little, their little, inner, their little, their little tubes here, whatever you call this, what do you call this? Ne- noodles, yes. How old are you? Six, that's awesome. Come on, you're brilliant. They'd have all their, all their noodles, and, and, then they, and then I'm thinking they're ready to swim. We moved into a neighborhood that actually had this big pool, and the deep end, it had triple slide. You ever seen a neighborhood pool with a triple slide? It was like a water park, man. I, was, I wanted to get on that slide so bad, I had to be stuck in the shallow end with my kids, teaching them to swim. I had diving boards and stuff and all this awesome stuff. I had my boys, and finally, I decided one of my boys, my oldest, was ready. He was about four or five, I think. I was like, he's ready, four years old. It's like he's ready for the slide, the big slide. My wife's like, I don't know. I'm like, he's ready. He had all this stuff on. He's on the wall. I remember he's hanging onto the wall of the pool. I'm over here on the side. I'm like, we're ready. I get in the water. I'm like, we're ready. We're going to the deep end. Look at the slide, son. You're four. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> he's like, no. Ah! Holding on. Death grip into the concrete. You know what I mean? I'm ripping tool, t- toys from him, taking his noodle out of his hand. I'm like, take off this. You got to go to the deep end. And we're going, you can't wear that jacket on the slide. Come on, son. He's screaming and crying. My wife's like, honey, have you considered this? I don't think he's quite ready. I'm like, he's ready. He's ready. Daddy wanted to get on the slide, somebody. Come on. <laughs> but he was ready. He really was. Four or five years old, we, we end up you know, moving away. But before he turned five, I'm like, you're ready for the slide. I think I got him out into the deep end, ripped some of the stuff out of his hand and got him onto those slides. Come on, the deep end's where all the fun is. God's got some of y'all, you've been saved for, for 25 years. It's okay to know about the noodle at six, but you're 25. It's okay to have this stuff on it at four and five and six, but you've been walking with God for years and he's going, come on to the deep end. I got some fun stuff in the spirit for you. I got some power for you. I got some unknown adventures for you. You're like going, yeah, it's weird. That's weird. Tongues in the spirit and miracles and faith and, and wisdom and casting out demons and deliverance. And oh, I don't know about any of that stuff. It's called Christianity. I, I just, you've made it so, you're, you're just made it so safe. Like, I think, listen, y'all are like, y'all are, you're getting nervous because I said some of this stuff. Like, you're going to dress your kids up like little demons and send them to strangers' house this month for candy. <laughs> I don't know about this spirit stuff. I'm scared. You're watching Annabelle's Baby Devil number three, and you're scared about the spirit? <laughs> She's a friendly witch. Okay, great. Well, the Holy Spirit's good too. (laughs) Yeah, clap, sweetheart. You know, the, the more safety, the less mobility. I think it's on the screen for you. I said it wrong. I quoted myself wrong. Look at me. We got it on the screen. The more, safe, the more safe you have, the more stationary you are. Got the concept. <laughs> the more safety you have, the more stuff. Have you ever tried to go down a slide with the jacket and jump? or the? You can't go down the slide. You can't do the fun stuff with God in this stuff. 
I'm not saying that salvation, you just jump right in the deep end. There's a progression. Many people are at different levels, but, but you, some of you are still ankle deep. Do you know that spot in the pool where it goes from the shallow end to the deep end? It's that one little edge, and then it drops off real sharp. Some of you are standing on that in the kingdom, just right on your tiptoes. You just tiptoe right there to the edge. You can barely got your head above water, and you don't want to go out to the deep end. And you're just tiptoeing. You're right on the edge of the deep things of God. Here's the thing. You'll never get all of God until your feet leave the ground, until you actually swim in the river, until you decide by faith, I can't touch, because when you can't touch, you can't control. It's easy to get into the ankle deep still control it's safe it's fine it's easy you can still handle stuff you go a little bit waist deep needy you can still control take a deeper stance you can swim you got you got protection you got stability you, but you don't have a lot of mobility but then it's another thing to go to the deep things of God dive in where you can't control it and get your feet off the ground and the cool thing about the river is it doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you are it takes you where it wants you and many of you don't want to give up that control in your life and so I would encourage you like You've been in the kingdom for years, and God's saying, please go deeper with me. Please take it to another level. Here, here's some, some thoughts about just side effects and this deeper level and going to the deep end with God. I got a few minutes with you. I'm going to give you five quick things I think the Holy Spirit produces in our life and a relationship with him produces. And um, I think some of you are going to go to the deeper things of God. Uh, I think it's important that we all walk there. Number one, here's the first powerful side effect, a powerful witness. A powerful witness. Acts 1.8 says this. These are Jesus' last words. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, listen to me, has come upon you. Has come upon you. I don't know if we have it on the screen. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not in you, upon you. Very important, that terminology, upon. Listen to me. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in you. You got all of the Holy Spirit. You're going to heaven. You're saved. You're regenerated. You're born again. All of God's on the inside of you. But this is talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon you. It's a different language on purpose. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came on three people, prophets, priests, and kings. And he did that by an oil ceremony. They would pour oil over a king. They would be inaugurated. They'd pour oil over a prophet. The priests had oil on them, and it was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He was only coming on three people, prophets, priests, and kings. In the New Testament, Old Testament, he did not go in anyone. He never went in mankind in the Old Testament, only upon. In the New Testament, Jesus rose from the dead so the Holy Spirit could come in you and actually make you born again. But he still comes upon you like the prophet, priest, and kings because you're the prophet, priest, and king of the New Testament. And when you don't understand that there's actually a power to come upon you, it's called a baptism of the Spirit. There's been a lot of controversy about it. And again, like I said, you can set up meetings, sit down with me, let's talk. But Jesus said it, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He's talking to his disciples who he already breathed on in John 21 and in Luke, and they'd already received the Spirit. He's talking about something different. And here's why. You shall have the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's saying that literally you will have power in your witness. Some of you are so scared in your faith witness for God. The disciples were locked up behind closed doors, had been born again, had the Spirit in them, and were locked behind closed doors, freaking out. Pentecost hit. Holy Spirit poured out upon them. All of a sudden, Peter goes out and preaches the gospel to 100,000 people and says, you, the ones that crucified the Christ, you've crucified the King of glory. 3,000 get saved. What changed in one week's time from where he's hiding behind locked doors to where he's boldly proclaiming the gospel out of the streets? The Holy Spirit came upon him. Some of you aren't locked up behind closed doors, but your faith is locked up. Your confidence is locked up. You're not trying to protect your life, but you're trying to protect your reputation. You're scared to be honest about the things of God and who you are in God. 
You're scared to give that word when that word comes to you or scared to step into a deeper thing of God. And God's just saying, like, you need this power so you can go into the power of God and the power witness that God wants you to walk in on the earth to see his kingdom come. Man, I think it's so important. There's more power for you. I I told the story before, but I had that sports car, twin turbo, 550 horsepower. It was crazy. I sold it because I might have been going 140 on I-40 maybe. I don't have any bumper stickers that say the name of the church, so it doesn't matter. You couldn't read it at 140 miles an hour anyway. <laughs> I sold the car so I could stay alive and raise my kids. And one day I was driving with Trey Alley. He's on our worship team here, and he's kind of adventurous like me. We're not a good combo. And, uh, and he's in the passenger seat, and I'm driving to get on Pellissippi, and he's like, come on, hit it, man. And I haven't used some of the accessories. There's a power button that's an extra power button on the car. It's, a, it's, a, it's like it says sport mode and there's a, like a, a suspension mode and there's like paddles that I can shift the car with like a race car. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't, I've just, I've only had the car a little bit and I haven't really got into that. There's plenty of power. I didn't need all that. You know what I mean? I just was fine. And we're driving. I'm getting up on. He's like, hit it. And I'm punching it. I'm going. It's, I mean, this thing's got power, man. It puts you back to the seat. We're going. And he goes, what about this button? Have you hit the sport mode button yet? And he pushes it as I'm going. I'm like, dude. I'm like, bro, you're going to kill us, man. He's hitting the paddles. He goes, what about the paddles? Have you used the paddles yet? He starts clicking the paddles, and I'm going manual. I'm like, oh, my God, Trey, stop. (laughs) Going 127 miles an hour, and he's like, she's hungry. Feed her. (laughs) She was. like, It was still hungry. And something in me was like, like, go. It's not healthy. I would have never used that power sport mode button if it wasn't for a friend. I'm just here trying to push your power button today. That's all I'm trying. I'm just trying to push the sport mode button in your life where you can get into the power of God. There's more power. There's more strength. There's more direction of God. There's more horsepower. Come on, there's more for you. There's a power witness. Number two, there's powerful wonders. Powerful witness. Powerful wonders. Like, we're Christians. This is supernatural. This isn't a natural community of people. Like, we're tired of letting a community of unbelievers tell us what we can believe. And if we can prophesy and if we can pray in tongues and if we can believe that miracles are real and trying to talk us out of miracles, like, there was a miracle. No, are you sure? It might have been ibuprofen. No, it's a miracle. Like, like, like why are we going to let them keep, keep dictating to us that, that there's wonders inside? I looked at Greg last week. He leads our prayer team. I said, there's more miracles coming. There's more wonders coming. Why is it a wonder? Because it makes you wonder. We live in mystery and miracle in between the two, and we don't know it all. But man, guys, this is supernatural. Like we're we're called to be a, a blessing dispensary, not a blessing depot where we just come to church and check the box and get our religion and sing a few songs and did it bless me? Let me critique it. Was it too cold in there? Did I like the songs? I didn't love that song. The sermon was okay. He wasn't very articulate. He went on some rabbit trails. I don't know. I just did it. It's all about how selfish is that? Like, what if we can get the fact that this is a blessing dispensary and we come together as priests and we minister to God and we minister to each other and then we go out there with the power of the Holy Spirit and dispense the power of God? We went to a prayer meeting at OBC on Thursday night. Chris Blue, you've heard of him. He won The Voice. He was leading worship there by himself and his cousin. He's singing. The Holy Spirit's coming in the room. I'm crying. We're weeping. Come on. It's the Holy Spirit. You don't cry at the concerts you go to. Holy Spirit, I'm crying. He comes up to me after I meet him. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, what's up? He looks at me, he starts prophesying. He goes, you've been praying this, this, and this. God says this, this, and this, and this is what's about to happen. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) You know, he's not a performer. He's a prophet of God, power of God. 
it's not special to Chris Blue. It's not special to me. It's special to the Holy Spirit. You can walk in all these same things. If you're willing to say, okay, God, I want your wonders. The third thing is this, a powerful worship. Powerful worship. Powerful worship. Why is this worship team like it is? Not because they practice. They do practice. Why do you weep sometimes in these songs? It's the power of God. The power, power of worship. Let me, where we actually stop singing to God, or excuse me, about God, and we start singing to God. And I know it's peculiar, but the Holy Spirit does it. The Bible says this in, in 1 Corinthians, I think, um, two, 2 Corinthians 2. It says that you've been given a deposit or a down payment of the Spirit. A deposit. You know what a deposit is? A deposit is where you put about 20% down and get access to 100% of the house. Hear me. The Holy Spirit is the 20% deposit to give you 100% access to heaven. Many of you are waiting on heaven to worship fully. Many of you are waiting on heaven for freedom. Many of you are waiting on heaven and God saying, no, in the Holy Spirit, I've actually given you a deposit. It might only be 20%, but it gives you full access to 100% of me. That's the deposit. All, all through the Bible, when it comes to worship, it's like you need a freedom, you need a power, you need a fuel. You know, in the tabernacle, when the priests were ministering in the tabernacle, there was a little lamp stand. It was called a lamp. They had some showbread and they had some cup of prayers and the incense and then they had this lamp. And the lamp would take oil and it had a flame. The priest's job, which was a symbol of Jesus, the priest's job was to keep it fueled all times, 24 hours a day, so that the, the fire never went out, so the lamp was always going. Do you know it wasn't called a candle stand because candles go out? Candles eventually burn out. It wasn't a candle stand. It was a lamp stand. And, and, and the dependency of the flame was dependent on the fuel. So the priest's job was to keep it fueled all the time. Jesus' job is to keep you fueled with the Holy Spirit all the time. He's fueling us with the Spirit so that our worship is always aflame, is always ablaze. It's never going out. Come on, this ain't no candle in the wind worship around here, somebody. Doesn't just get blown out at the first breeze that comes against our faith. Like, like there's this power from heaven that we've been given. Naaman, when he got healed in the Old Testament, he was a wicked king from a wicked general from another country. He came to Israel to get healed. He went to a prophet. The prophet said, dip in the river seven times and you'll be healed of leprosy. He got healed. It wasn't how he expected. Came out, tried to pay him money for, for that healing, right? He said, let me give you some money. They said, no, we don't want any money. And he said, well, then let me do this. And it was a weird request. He said, he said give me two mule loads of, of earth, of dirt from your land so that when I go home, I can actually worship from this soil and not the ungodly soil of my country. It's a picture of the down payment of the Holy Spirit. That God gives you a little bit of earth, a little bit of heaven, a little bit of heavenly soil, a little bit of holy soil to go to heaven in. You don't have to wait to heaven to get all of heaven. you got heaven to go to heaven in. It's called Holy Spirit. He begins to give you the atmosphere of heaven and change the environment in your house and in your life. Powerful worship. Many of you are still worried about what the person next to you thinks about your worship and so you're hesitant to give freedom to God in worship where there is fuel there is fire and that's the point of the spirit number four powerful warfare man we're in a battle guys don't check out on me I got a few minutes left with you we're in a we are in a war first Corinthians 6 says I mean uh, Ephesians 6 says put on the full armor of God you know armor speaks of a war 
we're in a war. He goes on in verse 18 and says something that's interesting. He says, praying always. After he says, put on the full armor, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Come on, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Many of you don't know what that means. That's praying in tongues. I'm just being, I mean, I'm risk being open and vulnerable. That's, Paul says it. The only definition we get of praying in the Spirit is from Paul. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he says, when my spirit pray, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. Come on. You, all of you are a spirit being. The Bible in 1 Corinthians 2 says that you actually pray mysteries with your spirit. You've got a Holy Spirit being inside of your spirit. You're wall-to-wall God, and that spirit has a language. And I know it might seem weird and all that, but you also can prophesy. You also can walk in miracles. You can walk. It's not about who's got what and who's better than what. No, it's about humility. And I need more of you, God, and I'm dependent on you, and I'm in a war, and I need to be able to pray some things and see you do some things, God, through me. Here's the reality. Just because you don't want to fight the battle doesn't mean the war stops. Man, I've got to fight this battle. And I'm not talking about being weird and goofy and building a theology that's way out in left field. Come on. I'm talking about the Bible, just simple Christianity. And it is kind of, it is peculiar and it is different, but it's the power of God. And deep down on the inside of me, I, I know that the power of God wants to move and we're in a warfare and it's war with the, with the, the, the enemy and darkness. And here's a scripture let me give you. I think it's important just about the Holy Spirit. Like God wants to do some things in your life. Exodus chapter 14. I think the scriptures will be on the screen. I'll just kind of paraphrase the whole story. The Bible says this, that when they were coming out of Egypt, this is God's church, God's picture led by Moses. They're coming out of Egypt, right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant of your forefathers for they're all, they were all baptized into the sea and into the cloud. It's the Holy Spirit. They were all baptized into Moses. They were baptized in water in the sea. They came through the Red Sea. The cloud came on them, the fire by, by night and the cloud by day. It's the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. Like, don't don't be unaware that this is an example. It was done for your example, for you to walk in and live out. They're coming out of the kingdom of of darkness, out of Pharaoh's kingdom. And it says the Holy Spirit moved down and it separated the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. It actually brought, brought darkness over the enemy and over Pharaoh and gave light to God's people so they could walk in the way. Holy Spirit, when you have this relationship with him in this warfare, he actually wants to bring darkness to your enemy, confuse your enemy, and give you actual light in the midst of darkness to have the way and the path and the direction that you need. After he did that, he goes on and he says this, and the Egyptians pursued anyway and went after them in the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through, listen to that, through, the pillar of fire and cloud. God looked through the Holy Spirit and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Verse 25, and he took off the chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. Come on, God gave the devil some wobbly wheels on his shopping cart, somebody. You ever got the wobbly wheel cart? You can't go up any aisle you want to go up. You can't go where you want to go. God's given the devil some wobbly wheels in your life. Whatever's chasing you, whatever's coming after you, whatever's pursuing you, God's going, no, 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 no. Through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to actually take the wheels off of whatever's pursuing your life, and it can't even keep up with you in the turns that you're about to make for God. That's through a relationship with the Holy Spirit, having him upon you. Do you remember Jesus got water baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him? I'm not teaching you something the Holy Spirit didn't do with Jesus. He went and got water baptized, came about, the heavens opened. It says they saw a dove descend and land upon him and stay. It's what God wants to do in our life and in your life. And the last thing, it's 
power in your weakness. Power in your worship, power in your warfare, power, powerful weakness. I mean, that doesn't make sense to, be, to have a powerful weakness, but the reality is what I know, what I have, what I pray is not enough. And so Romans 8, 26 says this, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. So you've got this Holy Spirit that can pray through you. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit, but he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Literally, the Holy Spirit prays through you like I was talking about earlier, and you begin to pray the will of God into the planet. It's an amazing thing. And in my weakness, I need his strength. I need his power. Would you stand to your feet with me? Let me pray for you today. I think sometimes many of us are scared to go into some of these places, but we need it desperately. And some of you are right on the edge of actually stepping into the deep things of God. I'd say to some of you, the reason you're at our church is because you're kind of tiptoeing and you're around some of the things of God and you've been in certain denominational settings, but you come into an environment like this and you're still kind of got one toe down, kind of holding the ground, trying to test it, but you know there's something in the water. You know there's something in your heart that wants more. And so that's why you keep coming back because it's not about us or man or lights or, or clothes. It's about the Holy Spirit. And he's in all kinds of churches operating. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying you need to be in a place that's, that has a freedom for the Holy Spirit to be alive in our midst. There was a missionary that lived on the field for about two years, and he had a car that wouldn't start. He had to push start it. He would push it with all his strength, get his kids to help push it. They would start it up. It wouldn't start, so they would push start it. And then wherever he went, he'd leave it running on the side of a hill. And he'd go out and get back in it, and if it wouldn't start, he'd push it on that hill. Lived like that for two years. A new missionary came to take over his post. He told him all about the car. Hey, it won't start. You got to push it, da-da-da-da, leave it running. The guy said, well, let me look under the hood. The guy popped the hood and he saw these wires that weren't connected and they were loose. The connection was bad. He tightened everything up and said, it's fine. The guy was like, man, I've been living like that for two years. He had built a pattern around his life because he didn't have power. And he didn't have power because he had a loose connection. How many of us and how many of you have built a pattern in your life, a pattern in your marriage, a pattern in your finance, a pattern in your, in your, in your worship, a pattern in your witness because you don't, you don't have power? And it's not, it's not to blame you. It's just the connection to the Holy Spirit just needs tightened up. That's what, that's what I want to do today. Just, man, I want to tighten that up. Some of you are here today, and you, you know you can't understand all this with your head, but you're open in your heart. And you're, and you're ready to actually take your feet off the, off the bottom of the pool and, and swim in the deep end. And you're going, okay, I need more. I want more. Some of you are at that place. I want to pray for that. And then some of you have never stepped into the water of God in the first place, and you're ready to become a Christian and step into that life with God. Today you could do that. It's called a fresh start with God. I want to pray for both those areas real quick. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we need you. You're our counselor, our guide, our comforter, our strength, our support, our standby. Lord, sometimes we need a standby because we've done it on our own and now we need a standby. We thank you for even being our, our standby. When we've put you off and we don't have a seat on the plane, we thank you that you're, you're the standby. If you're in this place, no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you'd say, you know what, Jamie, I, you're, I'm hearing you talk about the Holy Spirit. I come from a maybe different background or a different denomination, or maybe it's a, a concern or a fear. Maybe it's one of those hurdles that I spoke to today, but you know, your, your, your head might not be ready, but your heart is ready. I want to pray for you, and I want you to pray a prayer with me, just inviting the Holy Spirit into your life in a, power, in a more powerful way. If that's you, no one looking around, just put your hand up to me. Say, pray for me. My heart's ready. I want to go deeper. There's hands across this room. Just repeat after me in this prayer, and it's just simple. Just 
Jesus, you can just say this. Jesus, pour your spirit out on me. All of it. Holy Spirit, take me into the deeper things of God. Fill me up and overflow in my life. In Jesus' name. And the second thing, if you're here and you've never made a fresh start or a decision to surrender your life to Christ, today's your day. Maybe, maybe you've just not taken that step into the water. And he said, like, there's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. This is all new to you, and that's fine. Everybody comes in at the same level. Everybody takes the first step in. The first step is just surrendering to Jesus. You've been trying to control your own life, live your own life, lead your own life. That's fine, but you see where it's gotten you. There's only a certain area that can be filled apart from God. And now you're ready to actually surrender to God. I don't mean church. I don't mean religion. I don't mean rules. I mean, you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, the Lord of your life, and give him direction. He died on a cross to remove your sin, to remove all shame and all guilt. He rose from the dead to actually give you the power of life, to give you himself, to give you the life of God. If you're here today and you want a fresh start and you're ready to make God your leader on three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. I need God to be the leader of my life. I want him to be my savior. One, two, three. Put your hand up to me right now. Let me pray for you. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Come on. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. God bless you, man. Come on, people all over this room making decisions for eternity right now. Come on. This is eternity in the balance, church. What an awesome moment. If you're here and you put your hand up, I'm going to pray a prayer. I just ask you to pray this prayer with me or pray your own prayer. It's not the words, it's your heart. And we're just going to declare that Jesus is Lord. If you didn't put your hand up but need to, pray this prayer with me right now. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to this planet. Jesus, thank you for dying on that tree, on that cross, a horrific death for me. Thank you for taking all my sin and all my shame and all the death and all the judgment and all the pain, everything I deserved and putting it on that tree. Thank you, God. Thank you for for raising from the dead to make me alive and give me the heart of God and give me new life. I surrender my life to you. You're the Lord and the leader of my life. You are my Savior. I thank you. I believe in you as God. You are Jesus, my God, my Savior. I give you my life. Give me all of your life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, give God praise. People saying yes to eternity. I know, we're, I know we're a few minutes over. Thank you for hanging out. People, I mean, listen, we had a few minutes and eternity was in the balance there and people said yes to that. So thank you.